0: Welcome to Conservation Unfiltered, presented by Conserve the Wild, your destination for an unfiltered look at conservation. Now let's get wild. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Conservation Unfiltered podcast. This is episode number 27. Let's talk about Pennsylvania black bears. Today is one of four special days in Woods. Today marks the third day of the Rifle Bear season. This year, the Pennsylvania Game Commission made quite a few changes to how we hunt bears in the state. The commission really opened up a lot of opportunities for hunters to pursue this iconic big game species. And to find out more information about bears and why hunters needed more opportunity, I attended a seminar about black bears over the summer. Today, I want to share as much information as I can from that seminar, So, thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Most of the presentation was given by Mark Turnett. Mark is the now-former bear biologist for the Pennsylvania Game Commission. He served over 20 years in that position and is tremendously knowledgeable about bears. That was quite obvious. He started things off. By having us list the different species of bears. None of the people in attendance realized just how many different species there were. And it turns out, there's eight species of bear. For those of you that were like me and didn't realize there were eight species of bear, here they are. First, we have the sun bear, which is found in tropical regions. We have the Asiatic black bear from South Asia. The panda bear, of course, is from China. The sloth bear is found in India. The spectacled bear, which is native to South America, which is a really cool bear. He actually, with the coloring, looks like he has glasses on. The polar bear, and of course we all know that that is found in the Arctic regions. The grizzly or brown bear, same bear, can be found in North America, Russia, and parts of Europe. And then there's of course the black bear. The gorgeous black bear, or Ursus americanus, is a medium-sized bear. Most bears will be between 4 to 6 feet in length, and adults will weigh between 130 and 600 pounds. Males will typically be larger than females, often 20 or 60% bigger. And the lifespan for bears in the wild can be up to 25 years. Males reach sexual maturity at 4 or 5 years of age. Females, meanwhile, they're going to reach sexual maturity slightly earlier at 3 or 4 years. Mating takes place in mid to late summer. Pregnancy is going to last about 220 days. When a female has cubs, she's typically going to give birth to two or three cubs. More on that later. And those cubs are going to weigh between 7 and 11 ounces. This will occur in the female's den. And after that 220 or so days, it's going to be late January, early February. Once the cubs reach six months old, they'll start to be weaned. But they're still going to stay with their mother for about 18 months. due to this long rearing time, females are only going to be able to be bred every other year. They're typically black, of course. Often, they have a brown muzzle and a white patch on their chest. Other colors of black bears include brown, cinnamon, blonde, blue, gray, or white. These colors are rare east of the Great Plains, and if they're found, they're typically pretty localized, occurring year after year, found in the genetics. In western states that have more mountain meadows and an open park-like forest, roughly half the population will be brown, cinnamon, or blonde. In the east coast, which is sort of the heart of the black bear range, you're going to find very black bears. Pennsylvania is one of 32 states in the United States that are part of their natural range. Their natural range also includes northern Mexico and all provinces and territories in Canada. The only exception within this range is Prince Edward Island in Canada. So, where can we find black bears in Pennsylvania? The short answer is basically, everywhere. Black bears prefer forested areas, but they are highly adaptable. Due to human encroachment and increased numbers of the bear population, it's not uncommon to see bears living in close proximity to neighborhoods, towns, and even venturing into some cities. Black bears have a pretty large home range. And the reason for this large range is due to the social structure of black bears. Except for females with cubs, they'll spend most of their time alone. So a female or sow's home range is approximately one square mile. Males require a larger home range. And bears of the same sex have home ranges that are usually pretty exclusive. Oftentimes though, male home ranges will overlap with With home ranges of multiple females. Makes sense in the mating phase of their lives. When it comes to food, bears are opportunists. We've all seen the aftermath of a bear getting into a garbage can or destroying a bird feeder. They're omnivores, and that diet leads directly to this opportunist mindset. Bears will feed on a wide range of insects, nuts, berries, acorns, and vegetation to form the bulk of their diet. However, bears are very efficient predators as well. It's very common in the spring that they will prey on deer, fawns, fish, and eggs of ground nesting birds. <music> Pennsylvania is an absolute mecca for black bears. Of all 32 states in the U.S. that make up the black bears range, Pennsylvania has the most square miles occupied by bears. Females can breed as early as two and a half years old in Pennswoods, while most bears in western states are not ready to breed until six or seven years of age. The average litter size in Pennsylvania is three cubs. Compare that to just one cub in Montana. The size of the litter is directly dependent on fall food availability. If we have an abundant fall... With a lot of food opportunities for a female bear, she's more likely to have a large litter. If it's bad, she'll have a small litter or could possibly abort that breeding and be able to be bred again the next year. As great as Pennsylvania is for black bears, we also have a very complicated history with bears as well. By 1920, the early virgin forest was gone. And if you remember from our Allegheny National Forest episode, episode number 19, most of the forests in this state were harvested for industrial use, and just like every other type of wildlife, the bear population showed. Due to habitat loss and the large for that current time hunter harvests, the bear population hovered under 3,000 total in the state. The newly created Pennsylvania Game Commission, which was founded in 1895 and was the first game commission in the nation, started to make some changes to bring the population numbers up. The first time hunters had a season to hunt bears, an official season, was in 1905. Following those high-for-the-time hunter harvests prior to 1920, more regulations came very, very swiftly. Some regulations of note. In 1915, that brought the end of trapping bears. Cubs were protected from harvest in 1925. In 1935, the use of dogs and bait for hunting were, were prohibited. While that helped some, bear population numbers continued to fluctuate and mainly fall. They fell so much that in 1970, 1977, and 1978, the commission closed bear seasons. In 1979, there was only a single day to hunt black bears for the entire season. As tough as the early 1900s were to bears, believe it or not, the 1970s were even tougher. There were over 200,000 hunters in the state who were pursuing black bears when they were allowed. To help understand population numbers and the impacts, the Pennsylvania Game Commission started tagging bears for research in 1972. This was coupled with a mandatory check station for hunters who successfully harvested a bear. In 1981, a bear license was created that hunters had to purchase in addition to their general license if they wanted to pursue black bears. We still have that today. To help increase bear numbers and distribution in the state, bears were restocked or relocated from 1979 to 1983. At first, Most of the females returned to their home range, and some of them walked as far as 100 miles to do so. Researchers were able to stop this behavior eventually by moving females before they gave birth to their cubs, and then they would establish their own home range. Since those restocking and relocation efforts took place, we've seen an 8% growth in population since 1981. This happened even as we had a roughly 10-15% to removal from hunting. This increase has brought the current population of black bears living in Pennsylvania to over 20,000 bears. With so many bears, the chances of bear-human conflicts have risen. With this in mind, the Pennsylvania Gang Commission has increased hunter opportunity this year. The goal of the PGC is to reach a 20% removal each year from hunting. This would keep population numbers at a sustainable level. Starting this current hunting season, archery bear season has been lengthened to two weeks for most of the state. A new one-week muzzleloader season has also been created. During one weekend of the muzzleloader season, junior and senior hunters are also able to participate in a special firearm season, which allows them to use a rifle instead of a muzzleloader. All these changes are in addition to the traditional, now traditional, four-day rifle season for bears the goal is obvious Pennsylvania has more bears than it can support and we want hunters to help control the population for us that can serve the wild this is a welcome change all right everyone it's time for our call to act. all right everyone it's time for our call to action I want to reach back to how bears are opportunists when it comes to food sources. While it may seem cool to see bears coming in to feed on corn or bird seed placed for wildlife, I want you to realize it's illegal and it's a bad behavior for bears. The same thing can be said for bears that have easy access to garbage cans or dumpsters. This causes bears to become reliant on humans for their food source. They also become desensitized to humans. And when that happens, we increase the chance for bear-human conflicts. That all being said, don't leave food out for bears. If you feed deer, that's cool. But if you notice a bear is coming in to feed as well, you need to stop placing that food out. After about two to three weeks, that bear is going to leave you and you can start feeding the deer again. Help the bears by not feeding them. Here at Conserve the Wild... And me personally, you shouldn't feed deer anyways. Not good for the deer to concentrate them. But if you do it, hey, I'm cool with that. Just make sure there's no bears coming into that food in addition to the bears. Very, very bad for bears. It's cool. I've seen it. It's a good time at first until you realize that's building bad behaviors for the bears. Please don't feed the bears first I want to thank everyone for listening I really hope you enjoyed hearing about black bears and just how awesome we have it in Pennsylvania the seminar was awesome if you have a chance to attend a seminar on any wildlife given by the Pennsylvania Game Commission I highly recommend you go since New Jersey has eliminated their bear season Even with an overpopulation of bears, by the way, we now more than ever need to keep our own population in check. As crazy as it sounds, bears have been swimming across the Delaware River to disperse in the southeastern PA. When those bears come over, then they have to displace other bears and they keep moving closer and closer to people. We're going to take a short break for Thanksgiving and the rifle season opener. Because, you know, that's a holiday for us. But we'll be back on December 10th with another episode. I want to thank you for listening. I hope everyone has a very happy Thanksgiving. If you got a little downtime, listen to a couple of the back episodes. And as always, stay wild.